Hello. Hi, Kat. How's it going? Good. I don't know why I said good. It is It is good, but not... I said it too fast. You know what I mean? Like... I mean, it was an appropriate response. Is there... Is there like wanna, a little... you want, Let's come out of the gate crate hot. You want to know something weird? <clears throat> Ooh, sorry. Yeah, hit me with it. Wait, are you dying? Just tell me the truth. No, I mean, not actively. Not more than usual? Just yeah. Just not... normal rate of decay? Yeah, not any more than I was last week. Uh, anyway, anyway, what 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 is this weird thing? Uh, are you are you ill? Are you coughing due to dabs? Is um? Do you have a goiter? A, there's a guinea pig with hay in my room, and I'm allergic to hay. Sounds sounds like something that would occur in your life. The very can't he have different bedding? She, he, they. I don't know the I don't want to misgender the guinea pig. Her name is Sushi. Um, they, <laughs> they eat the hay. It's an it's a necessary part of their diet, which is like part of the reason why I'm fostering her. She needed a a better home. Um. <laughs> but yes, I am struggling with the hay. Uh, and um, I just I feel like. Sometimes, like, I I don't know. The fact that you're coughing because of the hay and you're being nice to the guinea pig, I feel like there should be a simple solution to this, but there isn't. I know that. But I feel like science has come up with a lot of complicated things and there should be a solution to this. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's kind of worth it. She's really cute. No, I know she. I was. I mean, I don't know. It is worth it. Just don't die. There's I did a, switch. A, sorry. <laughs> I did switch rooms in the house so that I would have more space, since I decided to actually foster her, so that her cage would not be right next to my head anymore. <laughs> yeah. So that might that might help. So just. Just so I can, and this sounds like I'm amused, but I'm more so surprised. What other objects are near your head when you sleep? <laughs> well, I mean, there's a there's there there's a bedside table, you know, next to my bed. Do you have any suspicious items on it that you may want to discuss? Is there like an amulet of some type? Any irradiated items? Um, no, I have a, I have a a voodoo doll on my Christmas tree, though. Is it real? I mean, it's a chicken foot voodoo doll that my um, ex-in-laws got me in uh, New Orleans last Christmas. So, I don't think it's supposed to be an ornament, but I just hung it on my tree anyway. What does it do now? (laughs) Is it, is the whole tree a voodoo doll of whoever you want it to be? So now when you, Um, like, touch it? It's it's a good luck and good fortune voodoo doll. Um, I have it hanging up with my evil eye charm and some other random things on my Christmas tree. It's not Wait. a real Christmas tree. It's like one of those mini tinsel trees. I, I know. I was, 
I was about to ask. I was like, oh, this began early, Kat. Chris, I guess. It's <laughs> time. No, I keep it up year-round because it's not actually Christmas ornaments on it. It's just random other ornaments. I don't know. I it's feel fun. weird saying I love Christmas because there's so much to unpack there. I see. I call it a Christmas tree, but it's actually like one of those black tinsel trees. It's actually my Halloween tree. Okay. Okay, cool guy. <laughs> I get it. I Cat know. Tree. I know. Cat has a Halloween tree full of demons and subversive no. no it doesn't have demons in it no. okay it has it has positive good luck charms and um it actually has charms to ward off evil on it thank you very demons much. i've been okay i use the term demon very like loosely because i have some and i've not been like delving into this from like a creepy like is this person summoning <laughs> demons kind of way right also, I'm sorry about making this statement because I know you are a very capable human being, but have you had any tea or anything soothing for your throat today? Um, I just hit my vape. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that seems to be what my parents or my cousin does to soothe themselves, so... But do you mean wait? Do you mean a nicotine vape or like? Yes. Okay, I let's talk about this. <laughs> no, <laughs> we have to. Because uh-huh. I, so I tried it for the first time in December, like a nicotine vape. I'd never had one till then, and I tried my cousin's. And she's 23 and my parents have also vaped before, like in front of me. And I never, I just paid no attention to it. And when I hit the vape, I felt like I was going to pass out. I thought I was going to fall over and die. I had no idea what was happening. Yeah, if you don't regularly intake nicotine, um, hitting a vape can be a kind of a lot. So, So what does it do? And I'm asking you this because because I've asked you a lot of questions before and I know that you think about stuff. What does it feel like now outside of obviously the habit of vaping, which I understand because we'll say I vaped CBD in the past. We'll leave it at that. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Apparently you can put anything in a vape now. So be very careful. Anyone listening, do not buy vapes from anyone. Please just Please be careful. A lot of weird stuff. People could put cocoa puffs in vapes. It's dangerous. Cocoa <laughs> puffs? I don't think that's a yeah. It's not a good idea. Don't vape cocoa puffs, please. Uh, but what does it feel like for you neurologically? Like since you're aware, you're you you are alive and you know about being alive. What does it feel like? Vaping? Yes. Um, it feels less, um, physically taxing than smoking a cigarette, I guess. Okay, Um, but wait, what happens (laughs) inside your brain or wherever you feel it? Like, let's say after, like, say you wake up and this isn't like about you personally. This is about, say, a general human who maybe never even thinks about what it feels like. I'm just curious. Like, just like I asked someone, like, oh, what did it feel like to eat, like, two pounds of cake in the morning? Which feels amazing for the record, just so you know. 
<laughs> not two pounds, but I've eaten a whole ice cream cake in the morning once, and it was so good. I'm going to be honest. I've never really thought twice about it because it's 110% just like a weird oral fixation thing for me and has not much to do with the mental chemical reactions or whatnot. So have you ever... Like, say, if you hit a vape that's... And I'm again, I'm asking just to... So you're saying you can't tell what it does after you, like, inhale the the vape juice. I'm sure okay. it probably does something, yeah. But I'm not paying attention, no. <laughs> that's... Okay. Because when I vaped the few times I did while I was visiting my family, it was... It was almost psychedelic for me because it was a mind state I had never been in. Like, I noticed I was sped up. And it's weird because you're saying you don't notice it. And then I wonder if... I'm just so curious about what's happening with it. Because I know that nicotine, when it's used in, like, tobacco form, it was used by ancient peoples from, like, all over the earth it's been consumed as a ceremonial substance and also visionary experiences. So I just wonder, like, I wonder if there's some form and I'm not even talking about cigarettes, but I'm wondering if there's some kind of value there of nicotine, because it is supposed to be a quote unquote, I don't know how to air quote stuff on a podcast, but it's supposed to be a nootropic. Like it, it improves cognitive function, allegedly, nicotine. I mean, I guess I, I, I have heard that it's technically a stimulant. And I know it's also kind of a hunger suppressant. Um, I don't know. I've been honestly like I've been I started smoking cigarettes like 11 years ago. So I don't really I couldn't tell you much. Um, I've quit a few different times. I've gone to vaping a few different times. This is like hopefully the last time. Um but I don't know. There is definitely a little bit of a chemical dependency. So I can only imagine what kind of interactions are going on in my brain when I hit when I hit that sweet, sweet nicotine. <laughs> <laughs> are you are you a flavored vape person? Or? Yeah, right now I have um it's a blue raspberry rasmataz candy. I don't know. <laughs> that is okay. And then do you have a preferred type of vape or are you like a random vape brand person? Um, I I just get like whatever nicotine, salt nicotine vape is not like going to be crappy. I don't know. Because <clears throat> I can't do the other vapes, the big vapes, like the big old vapes with the giant clouds. Like that shit gives me pneumonia. What is that? What's going on there? I have no idea about the mechanism there. So, like, the difference is, so with the salt nicotine vapes, it's, like, high nicotine and low wattage. And then with the big vape, it's, like, low nicotine and, like, high wattage. And it's kind of like you, you're getting the, it's, I don't know how it works, but you're, you're getting the same amount of nicotine, kind of. I don't know. It's, like, hard to explain. Um, it equals out. I, yeah, I kind of get it. It sounds like. Like how vaping cannabis concentrate is kind of in some like temperature wise, I guess. Yeah, I yeah, I have no. I idea. don't know. 
We should but, now. Now we need a scientist to explain this to us. <laughs> I do know that there's a the 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 salt nicotine vapes with the lower wattage versus the um. I don't. I think it's like what it's like something glycerin, vegetable glycerin, maybe. I don't know. The other vapes have something else in them, and it's just like it gives me pneumonia. Like it doesn't give me pneumonia. <laughs> I'm already susceptible to the pneumonia, and I just I it, it makes me more likely to get it. <laughs> How many times have you had pneumonia? Oh my god! Um, what? Shit! Um, Cat, what is going on? What is this response? How did? <laughs> I I don't know. I've always uh, like pneumonia and uh, bronchitis. I kind of gotten like one or the other, like at least once a year since I was a kid. Okay, so <laughs> we're gonna. I I don't know how to unpack this. So, <laughs> so do you know when you're gonna get it? Like, does it happen like once around a certain season? Because it, it's I, pretty severe. It, it actually. It is actually kind of random. It's more common in winter, but I've gotten it in like the middle of summer before. Like, that does, does not sound good. Um, but... listen, that and the chronic sinus affections. Um, and you know, it's super funny because if I hadn't gotten my tonsils removed when I was a preteen, I'd probably still be getting like tonsillitis every couple months. Jesus. Well, <laughs> I'm glad that we are where we're at with the no tonsils and less less illnesses. We're getting there. It seems Yeah, like slowly but surely. I just need to suck it up and go see like a cardiologist and a pulmonologist and we'll be set. I'll survive. No, you don't have to say suck it up. Bro, I'm so fucking scared of going to the doctors. It's not I even know. funny. But but maybe we can gently <laughs> coax you into it instead of you sucking up, <laughs> sucking it up. Because I feel like you've now saying sucked it up sounds inappropriate. But like you've <laughs> you've dealt with things a lot in your life by strengthening and hardening, and perhaps the podcast is a perfect vehicle to tell you to perhaps be gentler. Suck yeah. it up gently. Yeah, suck it up gently. There we go. I've been procrastinating it for too long, though. Is that okay? Yeah, I'm. I'm supposed to go. I'm supposed to go like once every other year or something like that, and I haven't been in four. Okay. Okay. So. so Yeah. See, I need to just suck it up and go for it. But it's interesting that you're saying that because I've done the same thing not go to appointments and i feel like it's really scary to not go and it's also scary to go and there's the anxiety of scheduling and the difficulty of scheduling right i feel like us talking about this is kind of important because i almost at first i was worried about like what if when my mom hears this she's like oh this idiot doesn't go to the doctor because he's anxious but i mean what how much can i um be mad about being anxious like okay now the the truth of the matter is that it's difficult for you to seek out medical care and it's difficult for me to do that and i feel like there's thousands of other people who do the same thing 
and just have this conversation with themselves in their head. Right. Well, there's just so many obstacles you have to like jump over to do something that should be relatively easy. But when you're not just, I don't know, I don't want to just use the word like neurotypical neurodivergent, but it, it kind of falls into some of these categories. Oh my goodness. I, I, I My apologies. The guinea pig just like jumped. but she's like underneath her her hidey objects so like the whole thing lifted up (laughs) it was it was so genuine though oh my goodness i didn't i didn't say anything because i was like oh here it's it's happening cats just the portal has opened and the wall is about to go through it (laughs) i just said the wrong thing for sure also i just did the thing again the wrong pronouns it's 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 all right thank you yes. for catching it yes you will, but... you will get there catching it publicly is so embarrassing but also i'm trying to be nice to myself but it's <laughs> i feel like i've never recorded myself making uh and like a fool out of myself this much i've recorded it before but not in this in this quantity <laughs> but, but i it's guess all right. we all have to learn somewhere yes and i feel like it's also good because it reminds me that it probably if a simple change like this is this difficult for my brain to adopt not because of my like lack of desire to adopt it at all it's i can imagine how any kind of change would be like difficult for anyone like and in the other side like with with you telling people the change or return or whatever there you know what i'm trying to say i feel like it would be harder for Uh, on on your end than it is on mine so it's it's a good way for me to know which i don't know how is every is it i don't even know how to not how to speak like a normal person so ignore me (laughs) but how is that going how is your how is life as the real you going life as the real me it's it's going I mean I am currently living with my parents so it's it's only going halfway um you know how that goes um as loving and understanding as our parents want to be sometimes they just don't get it and that's okay um sometimes um (laughs) I um I don't know. Everything is going pretty well, though. I am making it work, that's for sure. And I guess by saying that, like, if there was, like, a part of it that wasn't going well, even, I feel (laughs) like we're just, I don't know, talking about little things like the issues going to the doctor, I just realized that no one talks about this. And I've I've been meeting people recently who are like 28 or 29 and have zero health issues. And they've always just gone to their regular appointments and never really done anything crazy, which we've both mentioned the ridiculous things we put <laughs> our bodies through. You know, I had somebody tell me that they get sick once every three years. What? Because as you know, I had another cold last week. <clears throat> 
and um I you know I was complaining about it and they mentioned they get sick once every three years and I literally I had to take a moment to like address the fact I was like I get sick like monthly like I I spend almost every day like kind of sick you know my general chronic sick I end up in the hospital like three to four times a year with some sort of kind of reaction or um what do you whatever you want to call it like breakout or whatever fucking term you want to use to describe a chronic illness acting up I don't know um or you know sometimes every once in a while like I said I get pneumonia and bronchitis all the time and that stuff puts me in the hospital if I end up with the flu I end up in the hospital and then there's people out here who just kind of like aren't getting sick and I just I I can't comprehend (laughs) never getting sick (laughs) you know what's interesting i've if you had said this to me seven years ago i wouldn't have known what you were talking i would have actually thought you were just making this up as scary as that sounds like i would never say that now because i'm not a crazy person but i would literally have not believed you because i was so focused on working out and my health. And even though I was fighting and getting injured in that capacity, I didn't have any chronic pain or illnesses. And then when I developed my stuff, like when I had the back surgeries and my pituitary gland stopped working and everything slowly collapsed, I started realizing that there are two different lives that people live. And until you've lived the other one, you can't even empathize properly with someone who's had chronic illness their whole life because you can't possibly know the the mental state that they're in after being like on the defensive for so long, like all the time. Right. So I, I don't know if that, I just feel like extra, it's almost like I feel extra sympathy for you because you've had your pain and stuff longer than I had mine. And I'm like, I just don't understand how you're even how are you even a nice person? You should just be You know, angry. it's so funny cuz everybody everybody always says something about that. They're like, "How are you so kind?" or "How do you handle it so well?" or you know, or like how when somebody says something like, "Oh yeah, I get sick every uh, once every 3 years." And I'm like, "Man, that's fucking insane." And they're like, you know, I explain to them my situation and they're like, "Man, that sounds so terrible." You know, it does. And it always comes down to like, how are you so happy? How are you so kind? How do you have just like so much light to give? And it's like, in in one way, it's kind of like, this is the only way I've ever known. Like I've, my earliest memories are hospital visits and being sick and the breathing problems. Mainly it's the asthma is like the first thing, the asthma and the pulmonary stenosis and the heart murmur are the first things that I, like, was diagnosed with, like, between the ages of, like, birth and seven years old, like, right off the bat. And then just as I've gotten older, it's been added on and added on and added on. And so it's kind of, like, it's all I've ever known. Like, there's, it's it's hard, (laughs) it's hard to let that make me bitter and angry because then I just spend all of my time being bitter and angry. Um, I did spend some time being bitter and angry, but it was such a waste of energy that I already don't have. It's it's interesting that you say 
that because often I think it sounds like I'm trying to highlight people's pain, but I think that's the thing that there's no space to highlight. So if there was like a social media platform that was just like emotion based, I would definitely not feel the need to like bring up certain things. But then it's funny that you said this, like your illnesses are the only thing you go through because I think the reason people are shocked at your kindness and your niceness is because of everything else also that you go through outside of the illnesses. It's not ever just like you having body issues. It's usually a crazy person or something similar. Yeah, the never-ending cycle of just shit is really (laughs) the best way to describe it. But I don't know. And I feel like some people, there's always the the cliche of you can let it break you or you can let it make you stronger. But like, it kind of really is what it comes down to. Like, I don't know. I, I, as weak as I feel sometimes, I've, I've always chosen to just be stronger. I'm listening. I thought... I didn't think you being stronger was the end of it, so. And there's also a giant mosquito coming at me. I don't know what to do. I'm going to run away. Ew. See, the, 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 oh, damn, sorry. The. (laughs) Why are you saying sorry? I just, I stuttered on the last podcast and I had to explain it. I I don't know why. So please don't. It's just one of those things, like the words just get stuck, bro. Um. No, the bugs in the bugs in Kansas drive me fucking insane. It's it's a lot. Um, I recently discovered that I have um, two copies of the same movie. Um, and not only do I have two copies of the same movie. But it's the only like DVD I've ever like personally bought for myself, and I've I've, I've purchased both of them myself. What um, movie is it? It's it's the Perks of Being a Wallflower, which I do also have the um the book of a copy of the book. Um, it is it is my favorite media uh, thing. I don't know favorite book, favorite movie, hands down. Um, I've never seen it, but or I did- read it. My friend, that is what is insulting. it? Tell me, it I wasn't trying to insult it's... anyone. <laughs> Sorry, I took that too far. I took that too far. I just, <laughs> if, if the, fact, the fact that I have two copies of the movie doesn't say anything. Um, no, it is, <laughs> it's hard though, because if you didn't get into it as like a teenager, it doesn't, it doesn't hit as close to the soul, you know, but it, it's, it really is a book that greatly addresses like mental health and uh navigating that in a world that doesn't understand it um but through the eyes of you know a freshman in high school so it it really is it's hard to relate to as an adult if you didn't relate to it as a young adult a a teenager so uh well now i'm gonna watch it and read it and it's gonna be a whole thing i'm gonna wear a perks of being a wallflower shirt next time you see me Oh, okay. You know what? I do I do recommend it to everybody. Um and I know that was like such a random thing to bring up, but I just like looked over to my bookshelf and I, I saw the copies sitting there and um that is that is what I thought about. 
you know what's crazy i some kids are never going to know what like dvd menus were like with the scene selection and stuff oh my gosh (laughs) right or like how some of them had like the extra the like the deleted scenes and like the bloopers yes or the ones that you could put into like a computer and they would connect to the internet i don't know if you know about those yes i do remember that Lilith. that is my vape thank you very much how sorry my cat um she doesn't play with toys that are meant for cats. She plays with like lighters and chapstick and things of that shape. So the vape and her paws. Needles, knives. Yeah, I mean honestly, if they were out, she would she is mischievous. I'm, Mis- I'm gl- mischievous. Yeah, that's a weird word. Is it mis- mi- Is it mischievous? Yeah. No, I feel like it's both. I feel like it depends. Yeah. Ah, I, f- I feel like we should. I should look this up, but it's better not knowing and then having someone tell me later. Right. But you can look it up if you would like. I, I like acting like the internet isn't real and that I have to wait for people to tell me things or I have to find out. I feel like instead of looking it up, I'm just going to go with it depends on where you're from. It's probably both. Where Where are we from, Kat? Um, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I yeah, like to where? believe that I'm from Pluto, but nobody else will take, take my word for that. I feel like you're, okay, wait, this is a, this is an important question. We're going to just, we're going to skip some stuff. This, that was like a, a little warm up because I asked you where you were from. Yes. But lately I was thinking a lot about we we have we've done a few of these and we've talked a lot about we've talked a lot about we've like beaten around the bush a little bit we we talked about your your book writing potentially but i feel like i was i've been thinking a lot about this lately and i have theories about it but what do you think is happening right now like, why are we talking on this podcast? What? Oh, also, the weird thing I was going to tell in the beginning was that when I speak English to people in Pakistan, I say A's like ah, like a like British A's, like long A's. And in America, I say A's like, like the short A, like, I don't know. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And it's weird. So now sometimes I feel like I should say it one way or the other way. And in my head, I hear it both ways and I'm going a little crazy. That is weird. Language is weird. Yes. But what were we? Yes. What is happening? Why are we doing this? And, you know, it's funny you ask me that because I very distinctly remember asking you after you you said, hey, I'm going to do a podcast. Would you? record with me and I said yeah what do you want me to talk about you told me to wing it so I don't know my friend I'm winging it yes but Um, but okay I didn't even mean okay so this podcast is what's happening now but I think I meant if we zoom out a little bit and let's (laughs) say we go back to like Kat's life from 15 to now or whenever eight to now five to now in my life from then to now um 
what is in your mind like are you just like a complex animal and you're supposed to reproduce and that's it what no like is that your purpose Mm, I definitely and when I say yours I don't sorry sorry go on I oh I just said I don't believe in reproduction but that's just a really bad (laughs) joke no I I think it's no you're right it's a conspiracy it's not real I think storks the have you seen the movie it explains everything oh no we 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 know that God just impregnates people when he wants to it has nothing to do with sex. <laughs> For some, I wish this was a. a I'm gonna make this into a sound bite. That was so good. That's the best thing anyone. It was too. It was just as deadpan as our texts are. The exact same. <laughs> because I feel like some people honestly act like that, and it's. And it's not even like I'm trying to like be a weirdo and like bring up the mechanics of human reproduction, but what you're saying is on the money. But <laughs> but I think what I was asking was what is do you have kind of a theory about why you're alive and why I'm alive that you can tell me so I know why I'm alive? And well, for Yeah. Hmm. That's, that's 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 a loaded question my friend um because if you were to like genuinely ask me why i am alive i would tell you it is out of pure spite and i'm not sure that's a can of worms you want to open right now <laughs> but is it is it not a can of like we can we don't have to open it today but i guess it's good to know that that's even a reason someone can be alive well, it's a, it's a great reason to be alive when you really think about it. Um, we can we can open let's open this can of worms, hater. You you asked the question, I answered it. Let's go into yes. Because um, I'm I'm confused about. There must be a unified purpose to all human beings, and then there must be specialized purpose because otherwise we're just weird ants, and we should all just eat cakes and play. <laughs> mario all day i was gonna say play gta for some reason but i don't even play it it was horrible oh, man, i, don't know I why haven't I played that in a while um in the grand scheme of things i guess you could say we as beings could be here to find some sort of peace some sort of happiness but me i am here to prove everybody wrong i <laughs> and okay no i believe you because I, I feel this energy like, from you. On a personal level and on a higher level, I'm here to live I live out of spite. Um, there, there have been times, I mean, as you know, where I have, you know, attempted to take my life. And it reached a point where I was like, wait a second. If, if depression and my mental health want to kill me, they they need to do it themselves and not get me to do it for them like they need to like man up like a real disease and kill me from the inside out um so that was kind of my first my first you know real spiteful lesson but um it really goes down to like i feel like a lot of people could probably relate to this especially creative types but like everybody always 
like doubts like i'm gonna say your but like not you specifically but i i feel like that everyone doubts me (laughs) everyone everyone doubts like your ability to exist outside of the norm basically like i don't want to go just like oh get married and have babies and white picket fence and dead end job and you know raise a family and and just repeat the cycle like i that's not what i want and wait i have a i have a question when you say that people don't believe in your ability to exist outside the norm would you say that because i'm trying to I just want to hear more about this. Do you feel like people think that you don't have the special skills that the people who survive outside the norm have and you can't bring value to society? Well, I guess I just, you know, growing up in a conservative and Mormon household, it's more or less I'm not made for it. You know, I'm not supposed to. Um, and so I'm, I, I will fail in, you know, some some people would say go as far to say in the eyes of the Lord or, you know, just in general. But it, it comes to a point where even like when my family would say, oh, you're going to turn out just like your father. You need to watch out. You're going to be care- you need to be careful or else, you know, you're going to be a failure. That also kind of, you know, there's another level of spite. So there's there's many levels of spite one can decide to live live for and can we talk about your dad a little bit oh you know that's my favorite subject as long as i can make the dead dad jokes yes you can make whatever jokes you want (laughs) (laughs) cue evil laugh that's a (laughs) this is a it's a deeper laugh than usual but i'm not i'm gonna pretend like i didn't hear um (laughs) So, so what did does your family mean? But like, what did your dad do? Well, what what, what did your family mean by that? It's 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 kind of funny because I guess in 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 some small way I did kind of like start following in my dad's footsteps. Um, my dad was a pretty bad addict. Um, meth and alcohol were his 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 options, but um. It's just kind of the uh, the manipulation, the abuse, the the anger, the lying, the of course the addiction, um, and the just being overall selfish. And you know, there there would be times, especially when I was struggling heavily with my own mental health as a young kid, where it would be, oh, you're acting just like your dad, or there would be warnings of if you're not careful, you're gonna turn out just like him. And it's like, hmm. I'm just a kid having a mental breakdown. I don't see how that means I'm acting anything like my dad. But it does also kind of delve into the fact that my dad also had some untreated mental health issues that I kind of can't just disregard. So do you have, did you live with your dad for a long time? Um, No, actually. My parents separated when I was five, but what it was, was my mom's bless her heart her she felt like my sister and I needed to have some sort of relationship with our dad because her dad died when she was young and she felt like she missed out on that um it was not great there was a lot of instances actually reached to a point where we would go 
Um, and so we would visit him a lot. And there would, it reached a point where when we visited him, we weren't actually allowed to stay with him. We would stay with our grandparents, who are my favorite people in the world. So... And this is, and this was because of his personal life being not okay for you to be around. Basically, um, he was drinking really heavily. We're pretty sure he was still using every once in a while. Um, the real last straw was um, he would drive drunk with my sister and I in the car. And um, this is this is pretty dark. But there was one night. This was the final night, like when it really got so bad. Um, he took my sister and I to the park and it was like nine o'clock, 10 o'clock at night. And we had been there for like an hour and I go up to him and I tell him, you know, it's time to go home. It's time to go to bed. I'm probably like eight years old, nine years old at the time. And, um, I realized that he had been drinking straight out of a bottle and, you know, I was like, okay, well, you know, we really need to go home. I didn't have a cell phone. He wouldn't give me his phone. So he starts driving, but he's not driving us home. He's driving us through the mountains. And it's he keeps saying that we're going to go camping, but we don't have any, like, camping gear or anything. So, like, my nine-year-old brain is just trying to figure out how to get my dad to take us home. Um, but as an adult, I look back and I think about that night. And I, like, this is so dark. And it's probably, you know, just, like, my overactive trauma reactive brain but sometimes I wonder if my dad was intending on you know harming my sister and I that night because you know he knew that he was gonna lose custody of us if um, he and my mom actually divorced and he knew that um, you know things just weren't going well he had been kicked out again and you know it's just Every time something went wrong in my dad's life, he got caught doing something or he went to jail or he went to rehab, he would um, make an attempt on his life. And it was always a very half-assed attempt. And I know that's really um, awful to say, but it, like every single time it was an almost attempt. He would always make it out. He would always be just fine and he would get all the attention he wanted and everything would go back to normal. Um, and it's really fucked up to say, but I actually fully believe that the final time, because as you know, my dad actually did die of suicide. Um, I think that it was another attempt that was for attention because he actually, based off of the death certificate and the follow up and everything, he actually shot himself on the opposite side of the chest of his heart, <laughs> which I don't think somebody who was, you know, intending on fully surviving would probably do. Wow, sorry, that was like so much. No, that wasn't. I'm I'm glad that you were able to let it out. And I was going to say not to like tell you what to do, but I'm just gonna take a deep breath for a second so I don't have any reactive questions because <laughs> this is the first time I've re we've really talked about the details in this way. Yeah, I mean, it is, it's something I've always been really open about, but it's not something people really ever want to talk about, you know, like, who wants to ask somebody like, oh, yeah, here. Um, so what do you mean your dad was a piece of shit? Like, nobody wants to ask that question. <laughs> right. But so do you feel like, do you have any good memories of your dad? Um. So that's, that's always, it's so funny when people ask me that, because it's like, yes, 
but also no because any good memory I do have with my dad doesn't end good if that makes sense um no it does no it makes sense and it's I think the reason I asked that was not to find the light in the situation because I think that is some kind of it's some kind of masculine thing and maybe even like even feminine workers who or light workers or people who try to help people or talk about deep things like this it's always about finding some kind of good time good emotion in the moment but i just think like sometimes life is not comprehensible like you sound if someone was just to listen to the the our audio conversations the last few then you seem like a lovely person and this type of life seems not really fitting for the type of kindness and like light airy conversation we've had but that is sometimes what leads to the nice loving person that you are is not a nice loving thing so i think that's why i was like it's not just that your dad was not nice but he was all the way not really okay and was never able to redeem himself before he passed like he like he could have maybe done something you know i it here here and you know what this is why i had to make sure i can make dead dad jokes because the only good thing he ever really did for me was take his life um and you know there's a little bit of guilt surrounding that because um two weeks before on my uh, my birthday he had called me and he was drunk and i told him never to speak to me again and in a way that's exactly what i got um but not only did you know i was i finally free from him but he um my sister and i got his social security checks until we were 18 so that was that was kind of really nice um that extra money <laughs> that that and, i got and how old were you when he passed i had just turned 15 okay so now when so now when all this happened it seems like there was no reason for the universe to just fill your life with tragedy when you were 15. Right. It, it seems outwardly like, what is the point of this? Unless it were driving you toward something. And then the life that his suicide seems to have propelled forth is like, it's obviously it kind of at the sake of, I'm a little scared talking right now. My heart's beating very fast. It seems like his... Yeah, I can't even breathe. Jesus, what am I doing? It seems like some of the energy of him and the darkness that he carried did bleed into your life. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Like, And it maybe even still lingers in ways, like in corners. It just pops up. But it seems like also that same dark energy propelled you and like you've lived in japan you've seen the main a million times you've, <laughs> I, I don't know i just i feel like there's a lot of stuff that you've transmuted the energy of that suffering to and i think that's probably why we're doing the podcast so because i at the sake of 
putting you on some kind of pedestal and even even if my like people who know me are like wait this is someone much younger than you who is going through a completely different life cycle than you what are you getting from this person what is this person teaching you but i feel like what i'm learning is that that you aren't like this story needs to be told like you're here to tell people that this is what i did with my paternal protector completely failing me this is what i did with that energy like i made it into something which maybe isn't done yet maybe you're not done so it's not exactly the way you want but it definitely seems like like somehow i'm inspired by it and it seems like i'm saying like oh i shouldn't be inspired by that but males and specifically older males have been taught to take influence specifically from like very specific sources i'm saying specific a lot because i can't breathe because it's too serious it's but, it's yeah. not that serious because it it's is not... it's just the facts of life it really really is yeah i guess i guess you're right i think it's just like i meet more people your age who once they go through what you've been through there's they just have more of it pile on to them and they don't know that you have to fight really hard to stop whatever that evil forces that piles on you. Right. And I think it's like people should know that you don't have any specific problem solving skills that helped you get through this. Like you, you just, I don't know. How did you, how, what are, you know what? I can't speak cat. See, the thing is, the thing is, is it, 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 it's hard to really address like there is no how or why or when you know it, it's just because the thing is is you know I you know um, the month of my 15th birthday my dad took his life the June prior um, my mom's best friend who was kind of like a father figure to me for a good majority of my childhood um, he had taken his life and then the following year um, after my father uh, my my best friend's mom took her life and so it was within two years I lost three parent figures two who were positive um and it was it was like this really intense internal battle of okay so why the fuck did this all happen to me and then it turns into okay well it didn't happen to me it happened around me you know, it wasn't, it wasn't the universe saying, okay, this is your suffering. It's just, it is the suffering. It's, it's, it's facts of life, like I said earlier. So it, it wasn't necessarily about like, how did I manage it? Or when did it become easier? Or why can I be so nice? It's, it's more or less like one day it just kind of clicked that if I let these emotions control me, whether it's grief, anger, happiness, whatever it is, if I let them control me instead of me controlling them, then that's when it kind of becomes disorganized chaos. That's when the anger and the bitterness and the darkness kind of start to get their power. So that's, I guess that's kind of really what it comes down to, you know? That's, thank you for saying that because that makes me, ask this dumb question uh when you said me me versus them 
what do you know right now and i'm only asking this as like a kind of we're establishing like if this was a science experiment we're trying to write down some some qualities of the participants in the experiment so who is the me that you're talking about like what do you know about him right now that you could tell me so we can talk about or who is cat what is i don't know what i'm asking because i don't know what i am right now well i feel like i feel like to know who we are as individuals is an impossible task because every day we're learning and growing and experiencing good and bad and those things change even just on a microscopic level pieces of who we are um i mean one day you could be uh, a fucking 19 year old coke addict with absolutely no future and then a year and a half later you can be tutoring english in japan like literally i don't i don't know if there is a way to quantify who we are as individuals um i so, can tell you who i want to be yes but the point is is that version of me that i want to be may only exist for a moment of time you know so then my question is are there any fixed things about you would you say choosing kindness always choosing kindness and being obsessed with the main obviously (laughs) (laughs) that's and see it sounds like i'm just trying to like ask these obscure bizarre questions that don't make any sense but i think you saying that the only constant about you is kindness is essentially and i guess maybe we can even talk about psychedelics now and your spiritual beliefs but it seems like kindness is the base of all human i'm gonna use a very scary word right now (laughs) salvation it seems like saving ourselves just comes through like deep deep kindness and it's funny that the only thing that you can name as a fixed point in your being is kindness because that's what uh, hinduism and buddhism and the to me the true versions of the abrahamic religions also come down to just absolute love and unconditional kindness and just a lack of badness so Yeah, well, a lot of my personal philosophies and beliefs have actually been very heavily influenced by the Hindu and Buddhist um, beliefs and faiths. Um, You know, I like I've mentioned, I I grew up Mormon and I, I stray very, very heavily from organized religion. But I I do value faith if in a weird way you know i um it doesn't have to be faith in a in a deity but like faith and hope and you know the the idea that kindness and respect and that kind of general um common courtesy i guess is is a path that can take you really really far in life i i agree with this and i Uh, I don't know where I was. I'm so, I don't know. I'm really happy you said that because the, 
I'm probably at the time that this goes up, there's another episode going up where there's um, someone who's significantly like, I think like five generations older than you saying basically the same thing. And that person is in the medical field. So it's just funny that you, that there's this overlap in people who find the truth that there's only one tool to get there. Like, I guess if this is like a puzzle and there's a way to solve it, the way to solve it is to use kindness. And that's the, like, the operating, I don't know what word I'm looking for here, but. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Um, I it it is nice. It gives me hope. <laughs> it gives me hope for future generations that maybe they'll also be able to find, I guess, the key. And okay, so do you have younger siblings? I have two younger siblings. Yeah. And how are they? Where would you say they're similar to you and their disposition after having lived the same life or a similar life? So that's actually kind of one of the funny things. Um, my younger sister, she's only a couple years younger than me, but she managed to be spared a lot. Um, she she experienced quite a bit still, and she got to feel the burden of my my father's actions, but in a completely different way. So she she reacts and she handles them completely differently. Um, and then my youngest brother, just for some reason, got completely lucky and has not had to experience any like uh, childhood trauma so far. So I kind of hope that that continues for him. I mean, his dad's an alcoholic, but not in a shitty way. So in the in the good way. Yeah. And just kind of the, the weird way, you know, where yeah. he's kind of just not all there sometimes. But he's not abusive. He's not angry. He doesn't yell. They yeah it's yeah so my my mom kind of had it right with that one (laughs) you know what's funny right now when you said that I had like slight apprehension like oh should we be saying this and then I realized that the thing that we're talking about is heavily advertised it's sold legally it's like one of the biggest industries in the country and I'm just like afraid of talking about people's relationship with a legal substance it's very weird (laughs) yeah i mean i feel like alcohol should be illegal but that's a whole other can of worms dude i honestly at this point i used to so okay i i feel like a lot of like i have apprehension talking about my own dad's issues ever because we have such a good relationship now that I feel like if it's ever listened to out of context, it would sound horrible. But I can't, I have to say these things. But I feel like um, when my dad was drinking, I thought that I didn't know about the, the neuroscience behind alcohol. So I assumed that cannabis, alcohol, maybe even to a lesser extent, actually, no, I thought mushrooms made you completely insane. I thought they made you murder your family which uh, yeah i understand I, that. you know what is that why do people say that it's the opposite it makes Same you like acid. kiss your family in yeah. an appropriate way that sounded bad but it was a good podcast moment so yeah i said <laughs> that good i'm not gonna edit it out i've not edited a single thing out i know not one thing and it's 
I think it's better this way. So people know the absolute truth. Yes. Isn't that what the point is? Not that there really seems to be a full point. I don't know. I'm I'm getting scared that there is a point because I don't know. I'm starting to... I don't know what we were talking about. Got lost. That's okay. I have to feed the cat, apparently. It sounded like food, and I was excited that you were eating something. <laughs> um, I had pizza rolls, so we're good. What? Totino's? Yes, cheese pizza rolls. Oh, and you know what? I had Dutch Bros this morning, so we're all good. Yes. Now, if Totino's or Dutch Bros wants to sponsor this podcast and they somehow hear it, just <laughs> saying. We're, so far, we've tried all sorts of things. I think we, I was going to say we tried Pepto-Bismol, but I know we didn't, but now we did. So, yeah, just trying. Just throwing out corporate names there. Pfizer? Moderna? No, I'm just Pfizer. kidding. Oh, no. No, um, Dutch Bros should sponsor me because I've already become a regular at the lo- local Dutch Bros. They have a name for me. What is the name? So I I went to go order my Dutch Bros drink and I got a Rebel, but I told the girl my coffee order because we were talking about it and she goes, "Oh, you're the unicorn person." And I had, moment. <laughs> I had to really 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 think hard about my life's decisions. <laughs> that location has been open exactly a month. How are you the unicorn person? What is because the unicorn? I always I have them add unicorn's blood to whatever drink I'm getting. What is that? It's strawberry, white chocolate, and almond. And we're just going to ignore the fact that I'm allergic to almond. Yeah, we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds delicious. Oh, it's I'm so gonna... good. I have them added to my Dyed One One. Which is... is um, that... What is that? It's it's uh, Irish cream Irish cream brev with six shots of espresso. But I make them add two extra shots for me and then add the unicorn's blood to cover up the espresso shots taste. All right, everyone listening, this is the same episode on the same person who talked about a cardiologist. So, <laughs> uh, I don't know what's going on right now. But I, I'm going to do I need to let someone know about your caffeine consumption? What is going on? I do. What is this? I, I do have a caffeine problem. Um, <laughs> you got, you mentioned I, addiction and stuff, but we did not. How many <laughs> times ta- have you been going to Dutch Bros? You've been drinking this much coffee during the recording of the last few episodes. So at this point, you're like... Mo- I get it like once a week, maybe. Don't. I don't believe you at and, all. And I, sometimes I go and get the Rebel, which is just two Red Bulls, basically. Is it... It's weird because Rebel sounds like Red Bull when you say Yeah, it. I think they did that on purpose. Rebel. Can I get a Rebel? Rebel. Rebel. Yeah. I'm so confused now. I'm Have like you... 98% sure it's like literally has two Red Bulls in it. <laughs> you, you want to know something very embarrassing that I can say as a 31-year-old now? What? <laughs> I didn't go to any... I didn't drink anything till I was like 24 I think till I got divorced <laughs> and then I was like I must drink alcohol now but I didn't know what a good drink to order was and I also didn't know how much vodka Red Bulls mess you up and oh man yeah I was only hanging out with like 
Instagram people. I'll just put them, explain that crowd this way. Their occupations were being on Instagram. So I didn't understand that the drinks they drank were for a specific crowd. And I started drinking them and it didn't go well. Yeah, yeah I, like, I can imagine. Was, yeah, very bad. Um, my friends and I used to drink um, Jaeger bombs in high school. I mean, um, 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 after we were legal adults. Yes. You're f- what? In high- wait, but you when did you start smoking cigarettes? What age? Be honest. Um, eleven or twelve. Okay. How were you? Now I need to know because this is while you were eleven and doing. You were also like trying to smoke cigarettes. What were the other things you did? Um, I started drinking alcohol in seventh grade. Um, I f- first was... no 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 wait. This this is not my question. My question was when you were eleven. What kind yeah, of things did you do great. for fun? What did you do for oh, fun? Oh, for fun? Yes. What was the juxtaposition? <laughs> this is scary. Because Xander is almost 11. Small... Okay, but you got to understand, I grew up in a small town in a like, not good family environment. And like I was predisposed to these things. Can you tell me about... like, So what was... What was a day? Because for me, my 11, I had, this is going to be a dark corridor we go down for a second. There was some childhood sexual abuse that I was unaware of till I was an adult. So even though it had effects on me, I didn't really know it happened to me till I went to therapy and had it like cracked open in my head. And I was like, oh, that explains everything. (laughs) I've been there. (laughs) Yeah, it's so awkward, dude. It's so awkward. Right. <laughs> anyway, so I didn't. What were we? I don't know what we were talking. You about. were asking me how I started smoking cigarettes when I yes. Was- so when I was eleven, my childhood was pretty sheltered in terms of what I did during the day because I was with my parents or in school or and everything was very like not not extra wholesome but very kiddy, very like pg like i wasn't there was no room for me to smoke a cigarette when i was 11 so what what else were you doing like what was your day like when you were I in mean, seventh grade all of my friends were older than me like seventh uh, so i was in like sixth seventh grade my friends were in like eighth ninth tenth grade or like oh my god every time i think about this my mind is blown and some of them were like dead ass full of adults out of high school um like it's Wait, it's what? crazy i know it's it's crazy. Like I, I I look back at it and I think it's absolutely insane the kinds of things I was doing when I was like 11, 12, 13. Like literally up until I was like 19 years old, you know. It's, I started young. Um <laughs> So like I don't know, I grew up in a small town. We didn't have a lot of places to hang out. We were either hanging out at whoever's parents were the coolest house or the Walmart parking lot. Um they built a um skate park across the street from my house when i was like 14 and then that became the place to hang out and that just made things even worse so yeah i don't know i uh by the time i was in high school i was already drinking smoking and addicted to opioids jeez yeah i think it's it's honestly People think it's like some kind of permanent inescapable condition, 
but we talk about it like it's casual and i think that is how it should be talked about because that stuff while it is extremely addiction is powerful and can kill you we are also powerful and we can talk about the enemy in a casual way because we can beat it yeah and it it is it is is it isn't easy i'm not going to pretend that it is like it is definitely a choice that i have to make every single day to stay sober um but i i have i still have a lot of um, empowering moments and milestones like uh i went to go see a friend's band play the other night and um you know i was invited by my friend who's in the band so while they were actually on stage playing i was sitting at a bar by myself i wasn't in a safe drink environment and i managed not to even think about drinking while i was there so it was you know a successful moment for me and it was a reminder that I am still having to think about you know staying sober um very 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 effectively yeah and I I think that even is like like us talking about it and bringing it up like it might seem like I'm just putting you on the spot and making you say all these things but at the end of the day it's good that you're able to air the discomfort because let's say something happens or anyone relapses there's so much stigma in the relapse even that it's like it's frustrating to me because as like when i do like meditations with aa people or stuff like that it's like they're so afraid of relapsing as though it has to be a linear upward healing process like One thing that I've always said and always fully believed is that relapse is a part of recovery. It really is. Um, I I can only say I'm four years sober this month because, you know, that's it's really been four years since I've relapsed. Um, I, I started my sobriety journey almost five years ago. It, it, it took me um, a lot longer than anticipated to actually get sober yeah and and that's but when you say then anticipated I guess you should be proud that you did it because some people this is their whole life like like at the sake of again sounding like I'm putting you on a pedestal it's just like there is seemingly no praise for anything like there is like they're in a small percentage of people that get sober, stay sober, do other things, continue with life. It's definitely hard. And I mean, when you think about it, like I said, I I started, I got my first opioid prescription when I was in seventh grade. I started drinking in seventh grade. And that was, you know, I was like 12 years old by that point. And that was 11 years ago. I've been sober for four. You know, like it's, it's eventually I will be sober longer than I was ever active. But it, it's still in the back of my mind, you know, I'm still not, I'm not sure at what point I can say like, yeah, I fully made it, you know? Yeah. And I guess, is there, is there a reason to ever need to say you fully made it? Like, I guess maybe you feel like you have to, but from the outside, I feel like you're doing an amazing job and you just have to like, I don't know. I feel like I feel like there's there's pressure to be able to be like okay I don't have to worry anymore but I also feel like part of being sober is accepting that you will always have to worry you will always have to you know 
be on guard because like you, you never know you could be at a very casual party just hanging out having fun with people who you think are 100% safe and somebody can bring out something and you're gonna have to have the willpower and the strength to say nope I can't do that you know yeah it's it's interesting to hear the mechanics because I guess for me my I don't know my addiction stuff was basically like an abusive relationship with cannabis but then prior to that it was prescription opioids but I didn't even know I was addicted till the prescription was done and then I started almost dying and I was like no right and I was somehow 141 pounds and then like okay guys think we're gonna take a break so yeah I definitely understand that it's like it and it's weird that we're talking about this because it's like a 20 in their early 20s and a 31 year old talking about opioids and addiction. It's like a can like conventionally a grizzled old man conversation. <laughs> uh, you know what? And it is. It is. It's like all these older people are usually the, the face of, you know, the sobriety movement. And it, I feel like. I say the sobriety movement. That was so weird. Um, but you know, you know what I mean. You know, there really is a huge push now, which is good. You know, for sobriety, like we are, we're losing a lot of people to laced and unsafe um, drug habits, and it's um, it's sad. You know, I've I've lost so many friends in the past few years to to drugs, and that's part of the reason why I'm really open about my addiction and my sobriety journey because I don't want people to think they they need to wait till they're older to get sober i don't want people to you know think oh you know it's okay i'm young i'm allowed to party people will judge me for you know being clean but it's like you don't have to you know you can you can be clean and have fun and party and it's it's worth your life and if if more young people are getting sober then we have more young people for this future generation you know and and i think when you say that like young people getting sober the idea of being ostracized or left out is very scary. Like right. it's, it's so scary. And I feel like people should know that you're not. One like, sec. Mine's just going for the carpet cleaner and the vacuum. Sorry about that. Nobody knows. That was amazing. I can, I can, would you like to go and just let them know? No, I, well, no, I already did let them know. There's just like a very, like a lack of respect and boundaries still. It's, 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 okay. it's, it's hard sometimes. It's okay. <laughs> it's, it's honestly, it's wonderful. It's actually perfect because, I'm... because you almost freaked out, but then you also, you reeled it back in. Yeah, I um, yeah, I was about to just like smack him. <laughs> yeah, but but you can. I felt the energy come through the phone. I actually felt it. I feel like my face is hot now. I'm like <laughs> genuinely like so annoyed. It's, it's it's hard. There's is and it's 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 rare. It's rare fucking occasions too. Dude, but it's so it's perfect because it it's an illustration of your kindness. See again again we we caught it it's like a sample like if people want to know 
like how how nice is cat this is how nice like yeah. you can... being completely interrupted i wanted to rip his head off but i did not <laughs> uh, and there's like so much there that i also want to unpack but i'm not going to until we talk about later some stuff but um uh, i don't know also i had a question yes <laughs> do you is is cannabis legal in kansas um no it is in missouri it's medical in missouri okay and kansas is next to missouri yes i i basically i'm like 20 minutes from missouri where i live wait what's the what's the town you get to in missouri when you first go like what's the closest part of missouri it's kansas it's kansas city so kansas city there's Kansas City, Kansas, and there's Kansas City, Missouri, and they are the same. They are like the same city. Oh, I did not know this because I've yeah. been there. I've been to the Missouri one, but I didn't know that that was the same as the other one. Yeah, it's like the like yeah, the state line goes right through the middle. Oh, you just blew my mind. Now it explains why there's so many people from Kansas in St. Louis. Yeah, because oh, because oh, weird. I my U.S. geography is not so good because. Most of my U.S. travel has been done under extreme emotional duress or under the influence. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm not. A, I'm not. I don't. I don't know geography at all. Like, I'm. I won't pretend I do. So this is going to be a strange segue, but what? Let's say we're recording this podcast. We talk, and I realized this earlier. After we talk, I feel like I've expended some type of energy. Do you feel that way? Um, I mean, social energy, yeah, definitely. Yes. yes, not like, not in a, not in a weird, like not in a negative way, but I feel like. No, feel just like- my general, yeah, the way I run out of social energy, just using my interactions with people. It's, it's fun. Yeah. And then, and then, so how do you, how do you personally recharge from that? Because I really, I value my, like, you don't, when I asked you if we could record today, I was, I'm really excited about every time we record. And it's not that, it's not even that I have some idea that eventually, like, this is going to be so huge and Kat and I are going to be the stars of our own paramount plus special where we play spongebob guests no, oh is it not netflix anymore no because we're gonna be on spongebob um that's on paramount you know, you know i've not really watched spongebob right yes we've talked about this yeah. and i don't hate you for it but it's just you have a social responsibility oh like you can't okay. do this i don't think it's okay <laughs> what okay what cartoons have you seen um since, I, appar- since apparently when you're supposed you were supposed to be watching cartoons you were smoking cigarettes so, <laughs> so what have you seen um danny phantom that was a good one okay respect respect uh, you that was a good you that was a good save possible. there okay another yeah. classic did you watch the live action kim possible uh no i didn't know they did one to be honest they did, and it didn't have 
the voice actor who was actually the sister from Even Stevens. Oh, interesting. Did you know that? Did you ever? I watch did not that? know that, but Even Stevens was a good one too. Yeah, the sister was the voice of Kim Possible, and who thought Shia LaBeouf will get so famous? Right. That also he played like a a, a person with like a, a neurodivergent person in a Disney thing in the nineties. Have you seen that? Um, I don't think so. Dude, it's so sad. And they have like kids, they show like kids bullying him and like he's crying and it's like it's so sad. And when I when I saw it when I was a kid, I got ex I got depressed. Right. I didn't understand why anyone would make that for TV. Yeah. Like, what, that's what? Fuck. Yeah, I don't know. Some of Oh, this is a strange one. Okay. How do you feel about so obviously art exists and art also exists to push our limits. So sometimes things that are shocking and disturbing like horror movies can be, they can be artistic while still being disturbing. I do get that. But how do you feel about things that show like stylized abuse or crime against women or this, these are all the same thing. Like, I'm just, I'm saying different instances because I don't want it to seem like I'm against one form of it. But it seems like there's, like, a weird comfort that people have with now showing, like, stuff that shouldn't be recreated energetically even. I mean, as long as it's not, like, glorifying, encouraging it, then I guess I don't see a problem with that. Okay, so, like, have you seen, have you ever seen the movie I Spit on Your Grave? Um, no. Okay. That's a pretty big horror movie. And there are other, it's like, uh, like a lady gets, I have trouble saying the story because it's so gruesome, but a lady gets murdered and assaulted by a group of men. And then the corpse returns to exact vengeance upon them. So it's very satisfying. But I recently realized how long this assault scene was. Right. And then I started like noticing the length of torture scenes in movies, specifically where the there's like a a particular type of person enduring the suffering. And I don't know. I just like I felt like in a world where there's such an excess of that actually happening, like as we're talking, something uh, some oh, someone is being horribly abused, especially in North America with the weird basement dungeons and stuff right so i don't know it's like it's weird that there's so much media about like i was even watching this there was this other show it was like it seemed like a comedy and it was about cops and then suddenly it's about like serial killers and ladies and dungeons and i was like why is this how is this a subject we can take lightly until all of them are actually like until we know that every human is not in a dungeon how can we talk about it like this right well i mean like think about it like uh law and order special victims unit like yes what always... is that and like what i'm not gonna the... lie like i'm not gonna lie i watch it all the time i Me watch a lot of true crime um i'm obsessed with true crime like but, and but me too but what is the why am i what is happening there now what, from and... from a personal standpoint you know, as somebody who has been through a lot of fucking traumatic experiences, um, sexual assault included, 
I personally, I, I find, and it sounds so crazy. Some people think I'm fucking insane for this, but I, I find comfort in it. Like it, it's terrible. And like these awful things are happening to people, but I'm very grateful that it hasn't happened to me. <laughs> that is fascinating. I've never, I've not heard that before, but it's, it's interesting that it's like a comfort mechanism because I wonder how many other people feel that same comfort in it. Well, it's funny because it's actually the same reason my mom enjoys it. Um, and, you know, like, and like, I, I, I have been raped a few times and it, it's, um, it was awful and it's terrible, but I, in a weird way, it makes me feel fortunate that it wasn't worse you know, like I wasn't like brutally maimed or injured or near death. I was just assaulted, and that's and that, like I, I don't. That feels like I'm minimizing my my experiences, but it, no, like, I it, it's I'm, the only thing that can bring me comfort sometimes. You know, I'm so glad you said it like that, and then you also said that it seems like you're minimizing your experience because, for me, this is very difficult for me to say. So I, it's going to come out weird, but it means the same thing you said. Um, so I was also raped, but for me, it was, it was not casual. You couldn't talk about it like this. And even after it came up in therapy, it was not, we weren't able to, no one was able to approach it like this. And I feel like just us talking about it like this and accepting that sometimes things happen and we can talk about them and that's it. That's the nature of conversation, discussing data points, data points. I don't know. So I guess you did kind of try to gloss over it, but is that, would you say that that's uh, like, when did that happen? What age? I mean, um, it's there's the whatever the you're comfortable. Time, the first time was actually um, a re- memory I had to recover. So my the guess would be somewhere between the age of like five and eight, because it was during the time where I was spending a lot of time at my babysitter's house, and then um, once when I was in middle school. And then uh, when I was in high school, um, my, like, what, freshman or sophomore year? Yeah. And that's, I guess, I, it even may sound like I was just being curious, but I guess we're just, we're, we're unpacking ourselves together. And I guess this is in a, this place where we're speaking is, hopefully it exists in terms of, like, the information is still there, so we're recording it. So if someone else has been through that and doesn't know if they can talk about it like this or if it's appropriate to speak about casually, there there is someone out there who you can talk to about it like this and bring up bring it up in a way that's pretty casual, kind of the same voice we talked about, guinea pigs and hay and... Right. Because it it is just another life experience, and it's one that hopefully not too many people have to go through, but people unfortunately do go through it. 
Yes. And I think we were going somewhere with this, with with trauma. I don't know how what happened. We we went into a, a place, and I don't know what we were talking about anymore. I'm gonna be honest with you. I completely forgot. Um, yeah. ADHD brain. Do we have to call it that? Can we just can we just call it cat brain or something? Does it I have mean... to be? Does it have to have a diagnosis? <laughs> can can it just be a free roaming brain? It's just wild. Just let, let him be free. Just the train tracks got on the the wrong the wrong route. The the unicorn person flew off the tracks. <laughs> the wings on the train flapped. I lost the map. Um, <laughs> it. Yeah, that was that we we took a segue, but I guess we were talking about trauma, and it's good that we were able to discuss it like that. But I guess. Would you say that having been through that and now where we are right now discussing this on a podcast casually and then jumping from topic to topic, do you think it coming up like this is just a consequence of exploring like it's something that can come up and then you can continue talking about something else? Or do you think that if people feel that they keep bringing it up or it comes up repetitively, do you think it's a sign that it needs to be talked about? And I'm not asking for us because obviously we just brought it up one time, but maybe from your experience, how you feel about that? I, I guess I guess it really depends. Like if, if it's getting brought up as kind of like an incessant, um, like trying to bring it up, you know, like I'm bringing this up because I'm hoping the topic gets broadened on then probably but i feel like it really everybody's experience with it is different and how comfortable they feel talking about it is different yeah that is true i feel like i guess i feel scared of talking about anything that someone could be sensitive about and then i realize that i'm i have to at some point take my myself into consideration like I too, I'm a human being and so are you. And we have agency to converse and this is a conversation between us. And if we don't exercise that autonomy, then we might as well be in prison. Exactly. And, you know, I absolutely understand wanting to be sensitive to other people's feelings, especially like, you know, we live in a world where trigger warnings and content warnings are basically expected on everything. And I get it, you know, personally, If I'm going into something, I I would like to, you know, know if there's something that's going to be kind of brutal and hard. Like, if I'm going to watch a movie that, you know, is in the horror or drama um, aspect, I always Google to see if there's a suicide scene in it. Because I know that that will trigger me. But that's, like, my responsibility, you know, as an individual. It's, It's my responsibility to handle what I'm sensitive to and, like, what triggers me. You know, in, in the real world, there are no warnings for sensitivity. You you kind of have to just, like, hope for the best, you know? Sadly, I do know. I feel like, I feel like I'm trying to... It's crazy because now I don't... Xander almost has, like, no social rules at home because I know, like, middle school stresses him out so much that when he comes back, I just... It's like a free speech zone. Like, he can unpack and say all the outlandish weird things he wants to and i won't like yeah there's no need for me to air a middle schooler's frustrations but you can imagine the level of intensity and i just i'm realizing that 
um, I guess there's there's value in giving someone that at home because, like you said, there's no content warning or like sensitivity in the real world and it's almost like it's made for people who are less sensitive right which is unfortunate you know if if the world could be a little softer and a little less harsh that would be that would be great it really really would be um and you know i'm not saying that content warnings and trigger warnings are awful like i do appreciate them i you know the internet is huge on that stuff um, but I also feel like it's a very fine line we need to tread because we do need to be able to handle these things on our own as well. Yeah, or I guess, or at least be told, like, if I was told that, I used to think that most people weren't trying to serve their own interest. Like, I, I assumed most people on Earth were your best friends waiting to happen. And then slowly, <laughs> the way society set up like provided a different picture and I still don't really want to accept it. I still act like everyone's my best friend and it keeps getting me into weirder and weirder situations, but I don't think I can stop. I don't know how to. Yeah, I definitely understand that. I want everybody to like me and everybody to be my friend. Yeah. And I, I, at this point, it's like when someone doesn't like me, I want to, make myself scarce in their life instead of make them like me i'm like okay you don't like me i will bother you as little as possible yeah honestly yeah and it's weird to like i don't know again i don't know where i was going with that i feel like i'm like i was gonna make a very bad analogy i feel like i'm mater from cars but i don't know if you know who that is (laughs) i have seen that one (laughs) okay you weren't you weren't too busy smoking your Marlboro Blacks. Oh my goodness! You were, you were able to watch Cars, but you, you know missed what? the when incredible. I first started smoking when I first what? started smoking. It was Marlboro Reds because that's what my parents smoked. Thank you very much. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> classic. You're you're a Renaissance man. The Cowboy Killers. Yes. You. So. <laughs> I don't even I love this conversation I feel like this is why I think this is honestly if this podcast shows anyone anything it's how to be how to receive someone because I feel so received when we talk and when you talk I try to shut up and hopefully I allow you to speak and don't like I don't know interrupt too much but I just like I like that we have there is no purpose, but just the expression of your inner being is important. I'm glad we get to highlight little things like the stuff you've been through and where you're going. And maybe something weird happens. And maybe next week you have a pet iguana. I don't know. Anything right. can happen. <laughs> yeah, hopefully next time um, I don't get interrupted and try to rip off somebody's head. No, no. That... <laughs> about ripping off head. I feel like it was... <laughs> It was so good because I think for other people, maybe, maybe everyone when they're listening to it, maybe they'll feel the energy come out of the speakers. But it like, I, mean, I don't even know how much of it you can hear. But like, he was asking for the vacuum and the carpet cleaner, which was literally right behind him. It was, it was so hard. It was so hard to keep my composure. It's, 
it's amazing. Like when I when I went back to Pakistan this time, um, I had hadn't gone back in ten years. Like my I had seen my parents, but I hadn't been physically back there. Like they had come to visit me, so like people would ask me like little things, like to like get them coke or like water, or, like food or something. And I was like enjoying doing the tasks because no one had annoyed me for so many years. And then I was realizing that it's like such a strange perspective shift. Like I would obviously now as a 31 year old, I relish being asked some stupid menial task by my family members because I don't see them that much. But then when you're overexposed to your family, you get annoyed and you become jaded by their presence. It's just such a weird concept i don't know how it works yeah it definitely yeah especially when they're just inconsiderate sometimes i don't know it's, <laughs> i'm working with it i'm, I'm doing i like best. how i like how you have to throw you're like yeah but actually they're just inconsiderate sometimes sometimes right. sometimes are do you have uh like what would the rest of your day look like if you were if this was a normal post like say you finish recording this bizarre dialogue with me what do you kind of do with the rest of your day if you're not working well i actually i have to work at six o'clock in the morning so i'm actually going to bed after this because it's eight o'clock at night so how will you how will you fall asleep i'm gonna go take a couple dabs and then i'm gonna come upstairs and put on some music and go to sleep hopefully because they decided to start cleaning the carpets for some reason (laughs) hey this is 8 p.m. is prime carpet cleaning time. Apparently. it's You have to time it with the moon cycle. Well, it's, it's perfect because not only is it carpet cleaning time, but the dogs don't like the carpet cleaner, so they're barking at it. It sounds... This sounds like the makings of spiritual awakening or uh, some kind of powering up is going to occur. Or you're going to explode, but... Or murder. explode. No, we can't talk about... This is not a true crime podcast. We can't do that here. <laughs> it might become evidence. <laughs> <laughs> this is so dark. Um, do you... Is it, is it easy for you to fall asleep? Oh, God, no. So, like, no, what I, is... I have to go to bed soon because it takes me so long to fall asleep and it's so long to wake up. Has it always been like that? Oh, yeah. Insomnia is my best friend. Just kidding, but my friend and me. And I can hear the dogs. This is like yeah. honestly, it's almost like you're scripting this whole thing, and it's not real. I'm like genuinely like losing <laughs> mind over here. Uh, I'm very thankful we got to record again, mm-hmm. and cool. this feels like a an. a a very organic end as opposed to like i don't know it feels like our conversation seems to have some kind of weird flow where like i don't know what it's like kind of scary if it was a person i would not be its friend (laughs) (laughs) i would be scared of it i can understand (laughs) that um i do i do agree though although um if we if you don't hear from me by next week i am probably in jail for murdering my family Okay, why next week? Is something intensifying? Or was that was the carpet cleaner incident? <laughs> I just I really want to know why we're cleaning the carpets at eight o'clock at night. 
I think this episode is gonna be called the carpet cleaner incident. <laughs> I think I think that's and and they're gonna have to listen to the entire fucking thing. Yes. It's perfect. And hopefully we get to do this again next Sunday. Yes. Hopefully I am not sick and I am not in jail. But if you are in jail or sick, then I guess how would I find out if you were in jail? Um I will I will make sure oh I was gonna say I'll make sure my parents know, but we all know if I'm in jail that they're not gonna be here. <laughs> this is so this is like the worst thing I think I've ever said out loud. These are usually inside thoughts. And but I'm but the inside is becoming the outside because it's safe. It has to be. We're safe on earth. And if anyone comes for us, we have a strange I'll I'll assemble all the podcast guests like Avengers and we'll come to your rescue. I just I feel like it's okay to make jokes about these things because everybody knows me and knows who I am and knows that that's the last thing that I would ever do. I feel like you're just covering your bases now. And I feel like this is like going to be the intro to your eventual stand up comedy special called Don't Kill Me, but it's going to be called Dead Dad Jokes. <laughs> and you know, what? it's it's perfect because I mean, you can't see me, but I'm wearing my cool dad shirt right now. So what? <laughs> Does it, what does it say cool dad on it? It does. It says cool dad and it has Snoopy on it. Sometimes. We're gonna, I think that was the perfect ending. It's been a hundred minutes. See you on the internet. Yeah. And and sleep well. You as well. Goodbye. Thank you, cool dad. (laughs) You're welcome. Goodbye. I I can't decide between cool dad or carpet cleaner incident. It's gonna be so hard. The cool dad carpet cleaning incident. <gasps> Bye. Bye. <laughs>